Anticipation. It seems that our whole lives revolve around anticipation in some way. When I was 17, I fell in love. Okay, well, when I was 17, I fell in love on a few occasions. But this girl was different. Over the last year, we'd become best friends. She was brilliant. She was creative. She was driven and ambitious. She was selfless and kind. And she called me on my crap. I honestly felt that I had found someone I I could see myself spending the rest of my life with. And then she broke the news. I remember she wouldn't talk to me. She kept avoiding me. But then she finally broke down and told me. My parents are moving us to Houston, Texas. It's 12 hours away. I was devastated. This was my best friend. The the, the person who had introduced me to Jesus. The person I had pinned so many of my hopes on. And I want you to remember, kids, those of you that are younger and listening, that this was before social media as it is today. This is before unlimited texting plans, before unlimited calling. This was seemingly it for us. How could we possibly continue this? I sulked off to my English class, unsure what I'd do, unsure what I should say, unsure of what God was doing. My teenage self was shaken to his little core. I arrived at class early and I sat alone in the classroom. I laid my head down and I sobbed to myself as quietly as I could. Life was over. This was it. Why bother going on? I had my chance and for some reason it had been ripped out of my hands. God decided I wasn't good enough or maybe he just liked to see me suffer. I feel for that poor dumb kid, honestly. I didn't have much perspective beyond what the next week held, let alone years down the line. But something happened, and, and this is why I love teenagers. I looked up and I noticed that something was written on the whiteboard. In a, in a silly, impulsive moment, some goobus from the previous class had written huge letters across the entire board. They'd written, everything is going to be all right. And they even misspelled all right. I read that goofy, awful handwriting, and, and somehow I believed it. I remembered I am who I am in Jesus, not in this girl I liked. I remembered that my hope was in something else now. I remembered that God was with me no matter what. And that's a simple truth. But to a new believer, that feels anything but simple, that God is with me no matter what. After school, I went to drive this girl home and she asked me, what are we going to do? And I was terrified and with a lump in my throat, I just kind of said, Everything's going to be all right. We're going to make this work. I don't care if it takes six months or six years. I'm going to wait for you. I love teenagers so much. They're the perfect, volatile mix of passion and logical disconnect that every once in a while causes them to do something really brave and profound beyond what they're even capable of. And six years later, at 23 years old, I married that girl. The anticipation was excruciating, but today, December 21st, my 30th birthday, if I had to do it over, I wouldn't change a thing. Had we not been 12 hours apart for the vast majority of those six years, had God not shaped and and molded us each on our own before he brought us back together, had six years of our relationship not been built solely on communication 20 minutes every night, I wouldn't be married to Mitzi Starkweather today. 
the anticipation it moved us, it molded us, it shaped us. That place between where you are and, and where you want to be can be so awful, but don't miss what God is doing there. Don't forget that's the space you and I both live in right now. We anticipate the day that God comes and, and he says, welcome home, well done. Look around at the injustice and, and the hatred and the pain and the sorrow and the confusion. There is no happily ever after until Jesus calls us home. But for now we live in the in-between. And the in-between can be ugly, but God will use it. The weight can be unbearable, but God will wait us through it. The anticipation can be excruciating, but God will satisfy it. And it'll be more incredible than we ever imagined. We like to think that our moment when we met Jesus should have been followed by the immediate happily ever after, but it wasn't. It was just the beginning. Right now, we reside in the in-between, the tension like so many before us. We live in the land of anticipation, and someday our tears will turn to joy, and what God has in store for us will surpass anything we could have dreamed of. In the midst of our season of anticipation, Mitzi gave me a Bible, an old hardback Bible, and in that Bible, this passage was one of the ones that was already highlighted. I read it over and over, and it reminded me of what God had in store for me. And now I reflect on what it means for what God has in store for all of us. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 2b through verse 5. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. But God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. To glory in our sufferings. How different the world could look if we as believers chose to care less about the fraudulent appearance of being happily ever after and cared more about the glory of our sufferings. How different our world would look if we wore the glory of our suffering rather than the masks we make to hide it. How different this world could look if we as a people displayed the desperate hope we have, the anticipation of the day when everything will be all right.